Welcome to the Fastest Five Minutes. And we're recording this edition from our homes. It's the first telework-driven Fastest Five Minutes episode. And we want to start by expressing our concern and well wishes for the good health of all our listeners, all our clients, and your families. This is the new normal. This is challenging time. And we are all working very, very hard to address the many and myriad legal issues that are emerging. But above all else, our concern is for your well-being. So what we're going to hope to do today is something just a little bit different, which is have a conversation about what we and our clients are seeing and what sort of questions we're fielding frequently and see where that takes us. So with that as preamble, Peter, I know you're getting a lot of calls. We all are. What are some of the top issues that you are seeing? Thanks, David. And I want to start by echoing David's comments and noting that our thoughts are with our listeners and our friends and family during this time. Maybe I can just start with what we've been seeing in the last three, four hours, because it seems to be top of mind for many government contractors. And it focuses on the shelter-in-place orders that are coming out of certain local jurisdictions. Sometimes they're framed as shelter-in-place or business closures or prohibitions on gatherings. A lot of our clients are trying to figure out what that means for continued operations. Are they viewed as exempt or covered? And there are a lot of questions there. And maybe I can just mention a couple of strategies that our clients are using to try to figure out a way forward. And then, David, I'll kick it back to you. So on, on some of the orders in particular out of, of San Francisco, and we're hearing that there may be similar others in the next five to six hours, a couple different strategies. One is reading the order carefully and looking at what exceptions are built in. We're seeing a, a direct engagement with contacts in those offices at the state, local, municipal level to try to get clarity on how it applies to companies that are providing support and furtherance of U.S. government contracts. We're seeing direct engagement with USG contracting officers and program officials to get direction or clarification that the services are viewed as essential. And in some cases, we've had the U.S. government express a willingness to interface directly with state and local officials. So a lot going on there, and obviously that has an impact on how you're interfacing with your subcontractors and suppliers and concerns from employees and how you message to employees. David, what's top of mind for you right now on either those topics or some of the other things we're seeing? Yeah, Peter, thanks. I'm getting a lot of questions on that, and I think you covered it really, really nicely. A flavor on that is what about our corporate headquarters, if they're in any of these locations? Is that essential? Is that not? What does that look like? And are the rules different? And that's an emerging situation as well. I think the primary focus has been on the programs and the business of the business first, and HQ operations are sort of trailing in the analysis, but all important questions to be asked. And another very frequent set of questions is different buying agencies, different customers are sending out requests for health data on employees, particularly the ones who go into government offices, sometimes on a daily basis with each individual customer and sometimes different offices in the same agency asking for different health-related symptoms and information. So that's been a bit challenging, trying to keep up with it and address the added burden, navigating the very challenging waters of what you can and can't ask of your employees 
and what you can ask them to provide voluntarily versus what you may not be able to compel in the current situation, unless or until, for example, a HIPAA waiver comes along. I, these are all really challenging questions, and people are employing some interesting creative solutions to include gathering the best they can, a standard block of data, and pushing it forward to customers and seeing if that's good enough. But this is evolving by the hour, as you know, and certainly by the day. So none of those strategies are formally and uniformly accepted. It's very much a customer-by-customer customer approach. But clients are having a good bit of success with partial, nearly complete info with the appropriate caveats on how the data was gathered. Are you seeing anything like that, Peter, or any flavors on it? Yeah, lots of those sort of inquiries. One strategy that clients have been deploying successfully in connection with those requests is a response back that provides information about what the company is doing internally. So, for example, a direction from a company to its employees about safe workspace habits, about what to do if an employee has symptoms or has been in contact with someone with symptoms, and then telling the government, well, we just don't have an ability to disclose certain HIPAA-covered information. But what we will do is tell you what we're doing to protect our workforce and the instruction we're pushing out to our subcontractors. So while we figure out how we can respond to your requests, if we can respond to your requests, we're going to tell you about what we're doing to keep our workplace as safe as possible. That has been successful in a few instances as well. So that's another strategy you might consider as part of the toolkit in responding. I rather like that a lot as an initial matter. We've heard some pushback or I've heard some pushback saying, well, we're just trying to decide who we can let into our facility. So get the data if you can. And that's where I think people have shifted to. We can't compel you to provide this, but the customer is asking. And it may impact your access rights, but we as the company can't compel it. It is voluntary at this point. And explaining that has also gone a good way in a couple of other instances, but a wildly evolving, fast-moving situation, to be sure. David, do you want to spend a few minutes talking about how you're dealing with one of the most common questions, which is, should we give notice to our government customer of potential delays, potential disruptions, excusable delays? Do you want to talk about that and how you're thinking through that question, which is coming in very frequently? Yeah, I'd be interested in your thoughts on it, too, because I don't think uniformly clients are there yet. They're really trying to adjust to the new normal. And sometimes I'm certainly reminding them, hey, look, the time clock is running. You may have just 30 days to send in a notice that obviously the situation is changing. We may need some additional time. We may need some changed circumstances under our contract. We may need to invoke either excusable delay or changes clauses. And what we've all been talking about is, does a form letter make sense? Right? It's going to be really hard with every contractor reaching out to every contracting officer to ask for advanced agreement on what the changes are going to look like. Obviously, that's the best situation for all, but the reality is just the pure bandwidth. It's just going to be too limited to address all of this. So I think the consensus is evolving towards almost a standard form notice recognizing the situation, but remarking that we're going to need some relief in the future and we'll keep you updated with a very significant asterisk on that. That doesn't mean we can be loose about our record thing, right? That's the biggest, I was going to use failure, but it's not the right word. Everyone's working their hardest right now in the situation. It's the biggest lessons learned from past natural disasters, national disasters, and the like. 
you don't respect the notice requirements or have enough detail to back up the requests later. And that can invite months, years down the road, when all is cleared up, some enforcement interest. So that's been the scope of my counseling on that. What about you, Peter? Yeah, David, I agree. And I think your note about record keeping and making sure that appropriate formalities are in place to the extent possible is really important because there are going to be investigations and oversight for years to come. And this is going to be really important to take those steps now. Just a couple things to add to what you said. One of the reasons why in some cases we're working with clients to send that blanket notice is less about giving the notice and more about teeing up a conversation because of impacts or disruptions or delays in approvals. For example, in talking to the customer about that. The other big category is where classified information is involved because obviously there are much fewer options that involve telework. So talking to the customer about classified information and what that looks like, access to SCIFs, et cetera. And then finally, just relates to the uptick in, in telework generally and thinking through cybersecurity and safeguarding that is typically in place and how that looks as well. So there's a lot in there and certainly a lot to be thinking about as it relates to communications and engaging in a dialogue with the government in addition to giving that notice. David, I know we're coming up on the time frame for when we should close this out, but anything else we should touch on? No, I think that really does cover the most common issues that I'm hearing. And I really liked your additions on the telework, the cyber, the SCIF access. I think they're all really important considerations. So I don't have anything to add. Do you want to close us out? Yeah, I'd be happy to. On behalf of everyone at Kroll, we are thinking about you. We know this is a really challenging time personally, professionally, from a business standpoint. And our entire team at Kroll is standing by to help in any way that we can. Please reach out and let us know what we can do to support you and your teams in the coming weeks. Be well, that be safe, out. absolutely. All right, thank you. The Fastest 5 Minutes podcast is brought to you by Kroll & Mori LLP. Subscribe on Apple Podcasts. And if you enjoy our show, please leave us a review. You can find more information at kroll.com slash govconpodcast.